hi there. I can see that you're one of the smart ones who decided to listen to the second half of this interview. Yeah, Daddy always says that the second half is better, but no one ever listens to it. Hey, what are you guys doing? Uh, uh nothing. We gotta go. Sorry. Enjoy the rest of the second half. Bye. Get out of there. Hola, bienvenidos. This is Richard Wilson. With this podcast, there are no electives. Every program is a prerequisite. The semester is in session. It's season two of the Bait and Switch podcast. And we're back at the Bait and Switch podcast studios. As always, I am Chris Beyer with my co-host, Jim Martin. Hello, everyone. Tonight's guest is Steve Palak. This is actually the second half of our two-part interview here with Steve. Steve is known in Milwaukee as a longtime DJ. And then also, he then branched out into real estate. Mm -hmm. And he knows a former guest of ours, uh, Tracy Johnson. Sure. Who is head of... She is head of the Commercial Association of Realtors Wisconsin. Yep. Now, I thought you were going to say he knows Scott Paulus because that's why he's here. I do know because Scott Because Scott asked him to be here, yep. which we forgot to mention in the first. Scott, my apologies, Scott. And Scott yeah. Paulus is a former guest of ours. By now, you will have listened to his interview. Scott Paulus is the official team photographer for the Milwaukee Brewers. Right. Right. When we got here, we're starting to get guests that are bringing gifts. The marketers yeah. brought us some beer. Yep. And uh, Steve here brought we, us a our, gift. Our gluten-free cookie person brought yeah. us cookies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I believe we're about to partake in some delicious bourbon because Steve has uh, told us he has a special technique to, that guarantees that we will like bourbon after this. I can teach you how to like bourbon. There you go. Uh, I do have to interject that yes. uh, after 45 years on the radio, uh-huh. and this will translate to podcasting as well, you learn we'll that be the judge. you get gifts <laughs> all the time. Oh, really? And, oh, yeah. You all won't right. have any clothing that doesn't have a logo on it. Okay, let the good times roll. I get worried when he said we won't have any clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Let me say this. We are fully clothed. Yes, we are. We do not have a web camera in here. We don't plan on getting a camera. Now, me and Jim are fully clothed. Our guest... Yeah, not yeah. so much. But um, <laughs> well, he's got we the talk, boxers we, on. We but. talked about he's he's kind of I'm a, very uh, relaxed. He, he doesn't care what people think. I don't care. That's the beauty no. of it now. Yeah. So well, it's time to start caring a little bit. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, I do care about bourbon. <laughs> okay. You know, I I have <laughs> right. 45 years on the radio, 35 years yeah. in commercial real estate. Right. And I have a wonderful family, a great life. Right. But I am just in love with bourbon. All I, right. Do you want to know how this happened? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. I was at a Super Bowl party, and all of a sudden, I started having chest pains. Oh. And I... Sorry you know, that I laughed. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel your warmth and concern. It just kind of tickled me a little yeah. bit. Go ahead. Okay. Really a, all right. That empathy of is off the chart. <laughs> but I didn't tell anybody. I just... Oh, uh, I That's what you're drinking. supposed to do. Don't exactly. tell anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I had a flight the next morning to Washington, D.C. for a meeting. I go out there and the pain's not stopping. I was miserable and I was scared. I thought something's going wrong here. And I thought, well, if I'm going out, I'm going out big. I had a steak dinner 
And I had never liked bourbon before. Is this okay. what the doctor okay. prescribed? Yeah, never thought of that. <laughs> Did you go to the doctor? Get a steak dinner. Quick, stab. Bacon, bacon wrapped filet. Good advice, right? Yeah, right? So I went to a bar called Bourbon. I never had bourbon in my life. I have to admit to you, I liked beer mm-hmm. and I liked drinks with umbrellas. That's me. Yes. I'm see, an umbrella drink wrong guy. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I don't I care what love, people think. I exactly. Yeah. I love when that, that umbrella hits you in the eye. I don't like that. <laughs> that is a problem. But you can <laughs> stab people with it yeah. too. So anyway. Yeah. So I had the very first bourbon of my life. I said, you know, just give me a great bourbon. I instantly felt better. For the first time in three really? days. The bourbon. And the chest pain went away. I was gonna, I was gonna say about your life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still not there. Okay. And this is almost three years ago. Okay. So I felt instantly better. I flew back the next morning to Milwaukee. I got into my car at the airport. I drove right to Ray's on North Avenue and bought a bottle of bourbon and I've had it ever since. And I have come to find out what had happened. There's something called the Kentucky hug. That is when the warmth of the bourbon travels through your chest and it loosens you up. And actually, I had, because my wife insisted I get it checked out, I had not suffered a heart attack. I had pulled the chest muscle working out. Ah. I was relaxed for the first time in three days. That's what happened. But there's something else called the Kentucky Chew, which I'm about to teach you if you're open for it. Sure. The... Kentucky Chew is something that I have found that, and I'm pouring this for you guys right now, that has convinced people that have never had bourbon before that actually don't think they'll like it. This will teach you to like it. Now, all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Bourbon is specially made. So that's some type of mathematical principle, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. You're lucky I didn't yeah. test you on it if you were listening to the first half of it. That's the associative property associative of alcohol. Jim and I were getting tested left and right. right. I have been nice to you, Chris. We were not doing well. Right. Yeah. All right. So all bourbon is whiskey. Not all whiskey is bourbon. Bourbon okay. is made in a very specific way. It is aged in brand new oak charred barrels. It has a very, very specific taste. It goes into the Mm -hmm. barrel as a clear liquid. It comes out, as you guys can tell, brown. Brown. Mm -hmm. That's because it sits, hopefully, for no less than two years, sometimes 20 in that barrel. Now, here is the Kentucky Chew. All right. Mm -hmm. What I want you to do is take a sip of bourbon, Mm -hmm. but do not swallow it. Okay. Keep it in your mouth, Mm -hmm. move it around, swish it around, chew it. For 10 seconds. Chew it. Like, Chew it. I'll, I'll talk okay. while you're doing that. Okay. So okay. people aren't bored. <laughs> Don't swallow it. Chew it around. 10 seconds for station identification on the Brewers Radio Network. <laughs> All right. Now, you can swallow it. What you have in your mouth right now is the sensation of pure alcohol. Yep. You are not tasting a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your tongue is not acclimated to tasting anything. It's just been assaulted with alcohol. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, I know. Well, the, now you're not supposed Smooth. to turn as red as Jim just did. <laughs> but what I want you to do now yep. is take a little sip of this bourbon. Now that your taste buds are acclimated to alcohol mm-hmm. for the first time, 
you are going to taste bourbon. So right. go ahead. Okay. Take a take sip a and sip. swallow it. Do we do the same yes. thing or just swallow, do it, swallow no, it? Do whatever you want, okay. but you will actually taste oak. <clears throat> You'll taste some caramel flavors. You will taste something completely different than that first slap in the face you just got. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every subsequent sip that you take now, uh-huh. you will taste a little more of that oaky flavor. <laughs> now... You marry that mm-hmm. with what I really love about bourbon. It's a drink where you hold the glass in your hand. You sip it through the evening or the podcast or whatever mm-hmm. sure. the event may be, and you feel like an adult. Tell right. me you don't feel right. like an adult right finally, now. Hold I, finally. Hold the next glass. Cheers. And, you know, it's like Mad Men. You're for right. the first time not only tasting bourbon, <clears throat> but it's just such a great drink. It's a truly American beverage. Mm-hmm. Think about that. We, gentlemen, are now adults. We're true American adults. True American Cheers. adults. Cheers. Cheers. Well, thank you, Steve. All right. I, I'm sorry I, for hijacking. I will, no, 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 I will no. say this, that the chewing process and afterwards... Did make it more palatable for oh, me. Oh yeah, did yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. But it almost like when you, when I sip it now, it's almost like creamy. Yes, very you know? good. Like, yeah, it's like smooth. You're, you're smooth noticing is yeah. subtleties. I mm-hmm. notice notes yeah. of like D flat and B, <laughs> yeah, yeah. B sharp. Sure, I caught that one too. Yeah, it's yeah. a musical well thing. Said, yeah. Well right. said. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, now that you've loosened up a little bit here, yes. everybody, <laughs> we want to get uh, we want to talk about your radio career in Milwaukee. Sure. You started with who in Milwaukee here? I started. By writing a letter when I was in high school to every radio station in town, and I said, I'll do anything. I'll sweep your floors. I'll get sandwiches. And I got a couple answers back, one of which was from WUWM, which was the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee's radio station. They said, hey, come on in. You're more than welcome. So I was a sophomore in high school, and I started going to UWM every day, and I did for three years. And then you went from uh, WWM to where? What was well, I went kid? to school at Whitewater for a while, went okay. right into like day one, their radio station. And then my first commercial job was at WAUK. Back then it was a daytime station. So my first job was 6 p.m. until 7.30 on the air. What I didn't realize that it was a daytime station. So that means as uh-huh. the sun sets, they have to sign off. Right. Because oh. their signal was so powerful that it would carry beyond. So, so they would they, sign off and then you would go on at that point. <laughs> close. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Don't it, tell them. It was the don't greatest thing. Don't tell them we're signing off. Yeah, we don't want to. It was <laughs> the greatest thing because I started in the summertime when the sun was out until sure. 730. Yeah. What I didn't factor into that equation <laughs> is that the sun <laughs> starts going down earlier and earlier the next thing i knew they wanted me to work from six until six fifteen. Right. but it gave me the entree to say hey i work at an actual commercial radio station and my next job was overnights at wqfm okay 2 a.m to 6 a.m wow on the rock and roll radio station in milwaukee right it was a lot different then uh because it was a community it, it was really special. And Top 40 Radio was awesome because 
there were no genre limitations. You could hear sure. Glenn Campbell next to the doors. Right. Yeah. Uh, but when really meaningful stuff started happening, late 60s, early 70s, it was FM radio that brought a community together, a community that really didn't have a voice in Milwaukee. And FM radio was that community. So you could well imagine not only were hundreds of albums coming out monthly that are now the classic rock. Right. And, and by the way, I have a theory about classic rock. I firmly believe that a lot of the music of the 60s and the 70s we call classic rock was not, this is really important, it was not product. It was made as an artistic statement, even though there was lots of money flowing into it. Right. Uh, that's the, this podcast. Just yeah. say, that's our podcast. Our that's right. Well, 30 together. years from now, that's right. you guys yeah. will be seen as heroes. That's yeah, right. that's right. I, like, I want to be seen as a hero today. Yeah, it takes can, time. It, it has to marinate. It's like the bourbon right. of yeah. the podcast exactly. world. Right? It has to yeah. be aged. I think our podcast, what our listeners have to do is chew on it a little exactly. bit. Yeah, that's true. Get the bad taste out of their mouth right away. <laughs> right. Then come back and try again. Yeah. Suffice it to say, you're at the epicenter of a community. That's true. That yep. you know, right. has yep. raging hormones. So, oh, oh, hold on. That's not us. Awesome. <laughs> oh, oh, this is back to your story. You're talking right? your story. Yeah, right, right. I thought you were talking about us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. Then did you graduate to get the, uh, the the drive time or something like that? Or? Right, exactly. I, what had happened for me specifically was that QFM was an awesome station with excellent, excellent people that not the people that were running it, the people that were on the air. Sure. And we were having the times of our lives. Uh, but I was a little different. I was really career-oriented, and I had to go to another station to do it, and I had to get off the air. And oh, okay. I became the production director, the person that did all the commercials and the imaging for a station called WZUU, which a few people might remember. Great concept. We had Larry the Legend in the morning. Larry the Legend. And Larry we had Jonathan Legend, yeah. Green in the afternoon. Uh -huh. And their concept was, let's put talk on FM yeah. and let's be a relevant station. And it was working. And all of a sudden, the station that owned us in Cleveland owned a station in New York City that went from worst to first, went from one of the worst ratings in uh -oh. New York City to the number one station, and it was a hot, rockin' hit radio station. Uh -huh. And so the that. owners said, scrap uh -huh. it. We're going to be a top 40 hit radio station. Right. They brought in a guy from New York by the name of Scott Shannon, who was like a radio god at the time, and he said, wow. you know what? You need to get back on the air. And oh. so I went back to QFM to do a morning show. And oh, I okay. did that for three years uh -huh. and loved it, had the time of my life, except for one thing. Getting which up. Which was. Exactly. Yeah. You nailed yeah. it. It was uh. getting up at 3.15 in the morning, yeah. and I absolutely hated it for all three of those years. You really yeah. should have skipped the makeup. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have, you're not on TV. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. <laughs> did you interview people in studio that we mm -hmm. would know? Mm-hmm. I mean, there were lots of rock stars that came through. We'd get them on the air. Uh, one of my favorite things was uh, Graham Nash, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Oh, yeah. And also, you know, I'm a huge sports fan. One of my favorite stories was Jerry Kramer, who is a Packer right. 
legend mm-hmm. from the Lombardi glory years had him in one day and uh even though it was QFM it was a rock station right. we were talking about football sure. for an hour sure and Bart Starr who we had asked to be on happened to be listening oh so I get a note handed to me that says Bart Starr's on line five and uh, you know so I put him on the air and Jerry Kramer couldn't believe that Bart Starr had yeah, called right. in. So the two of them just started conversing. They started talking uh-huh. and forgetting they were on the radio. Wow. And I'm sitting back thinking, like, this is going to be in USA exactly. Today tomorrow. Yeah, no yeah. It was one of the coolest things. Oh, but awesome. I got to tell you, I mean, honestly, Chris, there's just so many people, so many guests, so many memories over 35 years that, it, you know, it's hard for me to leave out anybody. Do you want to break bad on anybody? Was somebody kind of a jerk? Um, I can tell you this because it's my fault. Uh, yeah, there have been lots of jerks. There have been lots of people that were like pulling teeth to get anything out of. And there have been a lot of people I've hit it off with immediately. And, right. and I'm amazed that I could call them friends. But this was my very first rock star interview. And it was the late... Frank Zappa. He was so mean to me. Oh, uh, and, you know, but the fact of the matter is, I didn't know what I was doing. I okay. didn't prepare. I didn't think about what would interest him and how could I draw him out. I just started peppering questions at him. Uh-huh. And it was a lesson that I've taken with me to this day that if I'm going to do an interview, I am going to both subscribe to the Larry King method of interviewing, which was not being absurd. Larry King would purposely not learn too much because he wanted to be inquisitive. Right. Sure. He wanted to ask the questions the listeners wanted. So I found this balance between being Larry King, but also being cognizant of the fact that you got to bond first. You yeah. can't hit Don McLean, who wrote American Pie, who gets asked every day of his life, what was American Pie about? Yeah. You know, we started uh-huh. talking about horses and other things, yeah. and then he opened up about American Pie. Now, the other one, real quick, I'll tell you, uh, is I started out as a sportscaster. Okay. So uh, I had an opportunity to interview Car- Carl Yastrzemski once. Wow. I sat down to interview him. He was smoking a cigarette, and he blew his smoke in my face <laughs> every single exhale on purpose Carl <laughs> Yastrzemski really I mean, like for us okay so you've interviewed all these celebrities and kind mm-hmm. of I'm sure like with Bart Starr a little starstruck mm-hmm. that's kind of the way it is with some of our guests I mean like you you know you've been around radio for 45 years you've been a, a Milwaukee icon doing the, the rock and roll roots show and everything I mean now you're the celebrity I guess what I'm getting at yeah, but there, there's something about local celebrity that's absurd. Here, The best way I could tell you in all seriousness, uh, I was doing a morning show. We truly busted our asses. We worked so hard. We had a seven share. What that means, out of every 100 people listening to the radio, 
Huh? Seven of them are listening to you. But that's the hundred people listening to the radio. Doesn't even count the people that aren't listening to the radio. Sure. So yeah. I have absolutely no pretense <laughs> of anything special about me being on the radio in Milwaukee. Zero, period. I'll tell you in all seriousness why I love being on the radio. Have you ever heard a song, bought an album, listened to something, and liked it so much that you say to your family, to your friends, you got to hear this, and you sit them down and you put it on? Yeah. That's it. That's the feeling I get every Sunday for thousands of people. I can say, I want you to hear yeah, this. You got to hear That's this. That's what it's about. Yeah, right. This uh, this afternoon at work, we were talking about this guy named Steve Aoki. Have you ever heard of Steve mm -hmm. Aoki? You mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. Well, probably because you're on radio. Well, mm -hmm. that kind of wrecks the whole story, sort of. <laughs> but I've never heard of this Steve Aoki. He's a DJ. He's a DJ. You've mm -hmm. heard of Steve Aoki? Yes. What? <laughs> okay, so, well, okay, so you're probably one of the people who's watched his videos or maybe not. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, 61 million people uh, yeah. watched this YouTube video, and 377,000 people liked it, and I've never heard of this guy. So I guess what I'm getting at is, there's a lot of people out there, yeah. and if you touch a fraction of them, that's still a lot of people. But it goes back to something we were talking about earlier, which is, it's got to be sincere you you can't be doing it just to make money just to fool people That's if true. you're sincere about something unless you're a magician yeah. <laughs> that's a great yeah. point you know what i stand corrected <laughs> never mind yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we we have a seven share as well i don't know if you know podcast ratings no a seven share means that seven people have listened yeah. to us yeah in the last year and a half now, you went from radio to real estate. Yeah. First question I got to ask, real estate. Yeah. Getting back to magicians. Is there some fear of fake estate, you know, some type of sorcery? <laughs> why Why the real? That's a good, you know what? That's a good point. Yeah, why I the real? I got to tell you, in 35 years, I've never, I've been asked about conflicts of interest. Mm -hmm. I've been asked about ROI, return on investment. Nobody's ever asked me to justify the term real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do think that there is something about commercial real estate that, it, you know, most people don't know about it. I uh -huh. did not know about it. I had no idea of it when I was in radio. And I was lucky that uh, my girlfriend at the time, her father, worked in commercial real estate. It was kind of like an old boys club. And it's since diversified. It's basically office space retail and industrial real estate they're a different animal okay and uh you almost at that time had to know somebody uh, now it's something that university of wisconsin has a phenomenal real estate program oh, wow. it's a it's a major industry people think about getting into it at that time they didn't what happened for me was i realized that commercial real estate was an opportunity to interact with companies, with communities, with almost any entity at its highest level. Because in the world of business, after salaries, it is real estate that's the highest cost of doing business. So you have the attention of the CEO, you have the attention of the decision maker. And sure. unless a company is working out of their house, 
they have a real estate component, and it's very important. Oh, yeah. So over these 35 years, I've got to work with the likes of GE Healthcare on mm-hmm. their 500,000-square-foot building at the Research Park. Mm-hmm. With Manpower on their headquarters in downtown Milwaukee. And with companies big, small, and everything in between on what is, to them, the most important decision that they'll make for their business. What is the name of your company? I actually did a little research. You just changed companies, right? Yeah, very good. From Collier to, I want to say Ingersoll. Is that right? Ergens. Ergens. I had spent 35 years as a commercial real estate broker. And I was at Polichek, which turned into C.B. Richard Ellis, biggest in the world. Uh, I ran the Cressa Milwaukee office for a while, joined Collier's, guys that I really enjoyed working with. Mm-hmm. And I was as comfortable as could be at Collier's. Yeah, I could do whatever I want, work on any deals I want. But I started to see something that you guys will see someday. I started to see retirement. Yeah. I could start to see what it's like to have that freedom mm-hmm. to do whatever you want, to uh, you know watch TV all day if you feel like it. Uh-huh. And I really kind of surprised myself because I realized I wasn't comfortable being comfortable. I needed a challenge. So at 62, after 35 years in commercial real estate as a broker, I stayed in commercial real estate, but the people at Ergens, the preeminent developer in all of Wisconsin in commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've known each other for a long time. They've known my bent, my interest, my desire to really take marketing and branding to another level. Uh At 62, I've become the chief marketing officer for Ergen's Development. Nice. So I'm doing something completely different. Again, we're dealing with podcasts that we don't know when someone's listening. Mm-hmm. So I will tell you at the point of time we're recording this, I'm five weeks in. Well, congratulations. To a brand new career. At, congratulations. At, yeah, to start a new yeah. challenge at that age. Right. Well, right. hey, I want to thank uh, Steve Palak for coming by. Uh, the his names are weird. Well, because Steve I. Steve <laughs> No, it's yeah. just Steve, Steve well, The thing is, is I. <laughs> Thing is, is I said I said Steve Palak earlier today. Yeah, My know, secretary uh, corrected yeah, me because oh. it's spelled P A L E C. So you would it looks a little bit like Palak, but, but anyway. you got to get it out of your head. It's yeah. just Steve Palak. Well, and He's that's why in all those years of radio, mm-hmm. what I should have done was come up with a fake name. Mm-hmm. But I value communicating with people, so that, I can't be fake. Right. Well, anyway, I want to thank well, Steve Palak for stopping by the podcast studios here tonight. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Uh, One of our traditions is we count down uh, to the Jim putting in the music. Yep. So we'll count down three, two, one. So here we go. Three, Three, two, two, one. one. Music. There we are. Well, once again, Steve, thank you. Yeah, thanks again, Steve. My pleasure. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And we'll clap it up. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast when we are the guests of the Off the Rails podcast with Tom and Mark. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.